Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There were eight men, mostly new Canadians or refugees, who may not have known many people here, who may have trusted uh, way too soon. Uh, All eight men would have found themselves hunted and then preyed on by a serial killer. The first to disappear was a gentleman named Skanda Navaratnam. He went missing in 2010, and he was a newcomer to Canada who worked with Bruce MacArthur, helped the gardening at an address on Mallory Crescent. And that is uh, ultimately where ultimately where his body parts would be found in flower pots at that house. And then there were others. There was Abdul Basir Fazi, Majid Kayan, Sarush Mamudi, Karushna Kumar, Kanagat, Kanagat Ratnam. There was Dean Lisevich, Salim Essen, and Andrew Kinsman. And over eight years, these men simply vanished. And while everyone talks about Bruce MacArthur today, I think it's really important that we remember these are the people that we are talking about. And while there were always suspicions that the village was being stalked and that uh, there was a serial killer, the police denied that, came out just last year and said, no, no, that's not what's happening. But it really wasn't until Andrew Kinsman disappeared that the hunt for a killer would begin. And so today with these plea plea convictions of first-degree murder, maybe that healing can finally start, but it certainly has been a long ride. I want to bring uh, Haran Vijay Anathan into this conversation, Executive Director of the Alliance for South Asian Asian AIDS Prevention. He joins us now. Haran, it's always been about Bruce MacArthur, um, you know, where we've heard about Bruce MacArthur, but really it's about eight men um, who put their trust into the wrong person and were preyed upon by a monster, and it is those people who we should be remembering. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do you start to heal in this community? Is this the starting point? I think so. I mean, you know, any, with any kind of loss or any loss that's experienced by anybody for any reason, um, you got to start somewhere, and I think this is it. And I think, you know, him pleading guilty kind of uh, helps start that process. And again, it's just creating more spaces and, and ensuring that people have uh, places to go to get the support that they need if they need that kind of support, but also... Um, you know, just acknowledging uh, that there is there was a loss and there is a loss and how are we going to move forward? And so where where does that start? Because there's so many areas of um, of this story uh, that we could start at. First of all, with the policing, um, there were issues with policing on this case. Um, you know, the thing about serial killers is they happen to be very good at what they they do. So they fly under the ra- radar. But there's no question. I think there were mistakes made uh, that we will in time learn about. But did you expect to hear from the chief of police today? Um, yeah, so any you know the chief does come out uh, to speak on issues like this, and you know it was good to hear uh, Detective Dickinson speak at, after the court hearing as well. Um, you know it's important. 
um, for us to recognize that there was some, there are some systemic issues for sure, and it, you know it's things like the independent external review uh, that will help uh, resolve some of these these concerns. Um, you know, and as we continue to look at the different aspects of people's lives, and um, you know, answers will come up uh, as and when they need to. But also, again. Um, it's an opportunity for community to really look at um, what it is that is wrong and how do we address it uh, in a very real way within our community. But also when people go missing in our community, I think we all need to start speaking up much loudly. Um, even when the first three men went missing uh, in 2010 and 2012, um, you know, there was a community outcry, but because those individuals weren't well known in the community or um, didn't have the same clout in community, um, they, it, it kind of sort of went away. And I think that's what, you know, Bruce MacArthur preyed on is the fact that these men weren't known. So how do we get people known and how do we pay attention? I think that's, that's another part of our learning and our growing and our healing as well so that we don't make the same mistakes twice, but then also holding systems accountable for their, their mistakes. And then how do we um, work with them to move, uh, to, uh, allow this not to happen again. Should the chief of police, Mark Saunders, should he have spoken out today, do you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that would have been, uh, if that would have helped or not, but I, th- uh, and, but I do realize that it was important for Detective Dickinson to have said what he said because it was really the homicide team that really put all the pieces together and was able to collect the evidence uh, and, and, you know, put this person uh, away. Uh, and, and they did it very diligently and very smartly while keeping the families and community stakeholders uh, in the loop around what's happening so that the community stakeholders could be prepared to deal with the community. But the families don't hear it from the news, but they actually hear yeah. it from the police themselves. So I think there's a compassionate way that they did that. So it was really important that Detective Dickinson speak out. Uh, and, and it was important for, you know, Inspector Inzaga to be there. And it, it was really, that was really good. And I think that was really nice. And whether the chief should speak or not, I mean, I don't know if that's really a relevant point or not. At this point. Well, it's interesting because as long as it took to find and uh, catch Bruce MacArthur, it was lightning speed getting this dealt with before the courts. And now, hopefully by next week, it will be behind us. That is an upside because it really spares years of, um, you know, trials and uh, and a lot more information coming out than I think people might be uh, wanting to hear. Does this then um, start the healing process faster? And is there a feeling now that that the village is once again safe? Yeah, and again, I don't know. Um, like, uh, you know, if uh, I don't know for sure if that the village is feeling safe. I mean, there's always going to be issues and, and questions around safety and security. Uh, you know, this is the first time that the LGBT community in Toronto, but I think also globally, have had a serial killer amongst mm-hmm. their midst who lived and worked with them. So now that kind of raises a different kind of question. But I think in terms of the families, uh, you know, they don't, you're right, they don't have to deal with this prolonged uh, trial. They can actually just go ahead and find ways to move forward knowing what they know and still asking questions. And there's still opportunities for people to participate in uh, getting some of those questions answered, like the, like I said, the independent external review, um, and and things that will come out as a part of the um, uh, a part of the sentencing process as well, right? Mm-hmm. So there's still some opportunities, and we're never ever going to know all of the answers, um, mm-hmm. and all of our questions aren't going to be answered, but definitely will 
uh, it's a starting point to start uh, healing. And again, healing and grief are all episodic. So you'll have good points and bad points, and it's just how we're going to deal with and support people to move forward uh, in a healthy way. One of the things that we learned about Bruce MacArthur was he was available to, he was he was able to make contact with each of these men through apps, dating apps. And I think we've all in society been very casual, whether it's Tinder, Grinder, wherever you meet people, to say, hey, I'm going to go out, I'm going to meet up. Has it changed? Has this case changed the way people are meeting up, let's say, in um, in chat rooms and online in the gay community? I don't know that that's really has changed. I think that's still, um, you know, uh, people are still meeting up the same way, but I think people are a little bit more cautious in terms of telling people. And I think that's why we created the safe program uh, at ASAP uh, where people can have, because not everyone has somebody to tell um, to do anything uh, when they're going out to do something. Sorry. So the safe program allows people to tell a third party person who's not going to judge them where they're going, what they're doing and who they're going out with. And that way, if anything happens, then we can go ahead and um, uh, report it to the police if they don't call us back. So there's opportunities here for community to react and, and provide those kinds of supports for those who don't have those supports. I know that you, in your time um, in, in being involved in this case, uh, have spent time with the, the victims' families. Are they feeling a sense of relief that this is, this is now kind of, they've got a conclusion where Bruce MacArthur is and they can start to put this behind them and, and maybe put their, their lives, you know, into a, uh, they can actually start the grieving process? Yeah, and I think they've already been they've been grieved. I think they've been grieving throughout this, right? And again, grief is not something that you start and then you finish. It's it's constant and forever happening. And when you think you're just over it, then you have that feeling again. It happens again, and you have to go through that entire process. So it's episodic in nature. So I think, but this is good in that they have answers and that they don't have to guess and say that oh, he's the alleged um, right. serial killer, but he's actually the killer and he's pled guilty. That helps people move forward a bit, knowing those answers. But now the, you know, the victim impact statements are going to come up, and when those anniversaries and birthdays uh, and celebrations come up, and those family members are not there, that's when they'll feel it most. And again, it's really important for them to know that they don't have to deal with this on their own. That uh, there are people in the community that can help them through this, rely on each other. Um, to help them through this. So it's going to be a bit of a process for sure. And is there anything planned as far as a, a memorial or some kind of occasion, or is that something that will be done uh, during Pride events? Uh, I'm not quite certain. I haven't heard anything in terms of a large grand-scale memorial, but we'll, we'll certainly continue to offer these kinds of sports spaces um, as we're doing tonight. Uh, and uh, and when something larger happens, then that would happen. But uh, I haven't heard anything of that as yet. I think it's still a little bit too early. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Haran. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Take care. That is uh, Haran Vijay Anathan, the executive director over at the Alliance for South Asian AIDS Prevention, joining us tonight. So again, the uh, next round of this is on Monday when we start hearing the uh, the um, victim impact statements. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.